This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. Since I'm recording this around the time of Yud Shvat, the yard site of the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak Schneerson, and the anniversary of the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson's inauguration, I'll tell two stories, one of the Friedeke Rebbe and one of the last Lubavitcher Rebbe. At a Fabrengen in 770 in Kfar Chabad, at a replica of the 770 in Crown Heights, there were more people than usual. All the old timers had come, and new community members as well, and also yeshiva students crowded around the tables. hoping to hear some wisdom or some inspiration from Rabbi Zalman Sudakevich, who lived from 1915 to 2012 and was one of the founders and builders of Kfar Chabad. The Farbrengen had gone on for many hours and everyone was listening, spellbound, to Rabbi Zalman speaking, only interrupted by the occasional Hasidic nigun and the Lechaim. And one of the things that Rabbi Sudakevich talked about was the enormous Mesirut Nefesh, the self-sacrifice, that Jews living in Russia had for maintaining a Hasidic life under the Soviet oppression, which included, lo aleinu, arrests, torture, and executions, which he himself also personally suffered from. And he also talked about the early Russian Hasidic immigrants that came to Kfar Chabad to establish the neighborhood, all under the instructions of the Sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, also known as the Rebbe Rayats. And after the Rebbe Rayats passed away in 1950, so his successor, his son-in-law, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, who took over in 1951, he continued giving instructions on how to deal with government offices and how to build the neighborhood. And at one point, Rabbi Sudakevich remembered the story of a mission that was given to him by the Friedrich Rebbe in one of the periods when he was in between the Soviet Union and Israel. There were many immigrants that had arrived in Paris from Russia and had to stay there many months before being able to come to Israel. It was 1947. And several months after the rabbi was in Paris, he got an unusual message from the Friedrich Rebbe. The Friedrich Rebbe had sent his son-in-law, who would be the future Rebbe, to France to help his mother to immigrate to America, and also to tell two of the senior Hasidim, Rabbi Yehuda Hain and Rabbi Chaim Schreiber, to spend some time walking through the different streets of Paris. And Rabbi Sudakevich was asked to accompany them. They looked at one another and they wondered, why did the Rebbe ask us to just walk around the streets of Paris? What was the point? And they had no idea, but since they were true Hasidim, they didn't ask any questions. The Rebbe told them to walk the streets of Paris, so they were going to walk the streets of Paris. And the next morning, the three rabbis started walking. They had no idea where they were going. They had no idea what the purpose of this was. And they just wandered around the streets of Paris. Wherever their feet took them, sometimes they go left, sometimes right, sometimes up, down, straight, forward, backwards, just walking around. And they turned into one of the small side streets, and they'd only walked a little bit on the street, and then they heard somebody call them. 
It was a woman calling them. Jewish rabbis, rabbis, Jews, please stop. Can you please wait a few minutes for me? And they look around and they see in the fifth floor window, there's a gray-haired woman who called down to them and she said, rabbis, please wait for me. Jewish rabbis, please wait. And so they waited and she came down and as she's coming down, they're looking at one another thinking, maybe this is why the Rebbe sent us here. And the woman came up to them and she was a little bit out of breath. And she spoke with a lot of emotion and she said she's a Jew and that her grandson will soon be 13 years old. And it was her deepest wish and desire that her grandson should learn the basics of Judaism. He should know what tefillin is and learn how to put them on, learn the basic prayers. She was in real pain. She said, I want my grandson to celebrate his bar mitzvah like a kosher Jew, but I have no idea where in Paris there's somebody who can teach him this. And so the rabbis looked at one another with a big smile. They were certain this is why the Rebbe wanted them to wander the streets of Paris. One of the older rabbis, he told the woman where she could find a synagogue not far from the house of her daughter where she was staying. And they knew that the rabbi there would be able to teach the boy exactly like she wanted, in a very warm manner. And so, Rabbi Sudakevich, he raised his cup and said, L'chaim, and he said, if we hadn't taken our stroll around the streets of Paris at the Rebbe's orders, who knows if that boy crossing into the threshold of becoming a Jewish adult would ever have learned about the mitzvah of tefillin. L'chaim, everyone, L'chaim. L'chaim. And then immediately, one of the Hasidim that was at the Fabrengen, he jumps up and he says, Reb Zalman, do you happen to remember the name of the street in Paris where you met that woman and which shul you sent her to? Everybody turned to this man who was standing and asking the rabbi. And Rabbi Sudakevich, he looked at the Hasid, whose name was Rabbi David Lesselbaum, who was a devoted Hasid and lived in Kfar Chabad. And he said, you know, it was really a long time ago. I mean, we're talking several decades ago. But if my memory serves me, it was in the 5th District on 4th or 5th Street. And then he thought a little bit more and he said, and I think the name of the shul was the Rashi Synagogue. And Rabbi Lesselbaum, he turned white and he said, I can't believe this. According to what you're describing, the woman that you three rabbis spoke with was my grandmother of blessed memory who was visiting my aunt who lived right nearby. And the bar mitzvah boy, that was me. And everyone present, they turned at Rabbi Lesselbaum in astonishment. <gasps> and he said, 1947 was the year of my bar mitzvah. I had grown up completely secular. I knew nothing about Judaism. But somehow my grandmother managed to convince my parents that I deserved a real taste of authentic Judaism in preparation for my bar mitzvah. And my lessons for my bar mitzvah took place in the Rashi Shul, which I now understand that my grandmother knew about only because she met you three rabbis. And Rabbi David Lesselbaum, who's a well-known figure amongst the French-speaking Jews in Israel, over the years has helped hundreds of them grow in their Torah observance and serving Hashem B'Simcha. And all of this was thanks to the mysterious order of the Rebbe Rayatz, of his three Hasidim, to randomly wander the streets of Paris, which they did with total faith in the Rebbe.
have another story for you. This one with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Menachem Mendel Schneerson. This is a story that I heard from the late Reb Shalom Brat, my beloved rabbi, mentor, friend, teacher. This is how he told the story. Rabbi Yosef Weinberg, of blessed memory, who is the author of Lessons in Tanya, a very famous book in English. Every time when he would travel, he would come before the Lubavitcher Rebbe to get a bracha. And one time, a month or so before Pesach, in the late 1950s, he comes before the Rebbe and says, Rebbe, I'm traveling to South Africa and I want a blessing. So the Rebbe gave him a box of matzah and he said, if you happen to be in a certain town, and he mentioned a town in Africa that was in a country that was nowhere near South Africa and nowhere in any of the plans of Rabbi Weinberg, the Rebbe said, if you happen to be there, please find the Jew and give him this box of matzah. So being a chassid, Rabbi Weinberg, he didn't ask any questions. He took the box of matzah and he understood that somehow he was going to be in that town. He boards the plane. Everything's going fine. They get from America to Europe to North Africa. And then on the way to South Africa, there's a problem with the engine on the plane and it has to make an emergency landing in the middle of Africa, completely unplanned. And where did they land? Exactly in the town that the Lubavitcher Rebbe had told Rabbi Weinberg to give the matzah to the Jew. Now, Rabbi Weinberg wasn't worried, and he wasn't surprised. And the pilot announced that it would be three days until they got the parts they needed for the plane, that they would put everybody up in a hotel. And three days later, at six o'clock in the evening, everyone should be back in order to board the plane again. So immediately, the rabbi, he goes to his room, drops off his belongings, takes the box of matzah, and goes through the phone book, looking for any Jewish name, Cohen, Levi, Muzachi, anything that sounds Jewish, but there was nothing remotely Jewish in the phone book. So he heads down to the business district, because of course that's where the Jews would be, and he goes into every store and he asks, is anybody here Jewish? Not only was nobody Jewish, nobody even knew who a Jew was. Nobody had ever heard the term Jew before. So he continued going office to office, business to business. One day turned into two days, into three days, the last day. And all day he was walking around trying to find a Jew with his box of matzah from the Rebbe. And it was very hot. And he goes into a restaurant just to get a cup of water. And he sits down in the air conditioning. And the waitress comes over to him and says, Rabbi, what are you doing here? And the rabbi was shocked because nobody had even known what a Jew was. And here this woman doesn't just know what a Jew is. She knows that he's a rabbi. So he turns to her and he says, you know what a rabbi is? She said, listen, rabbi, in this whole city here, no matter where you go, you're not going to find anybody who has ever even heard of a Jew before. I'm probably the only person who knows what a Jew is, and I know what a rabbi is as well. So she said, what are you doing here? He said, well, it might sound strange to you, but I'm looking for the one Jew that lives in this town. And she said, rabbi, you're in luck, because not only do I know what a Jew is, I happen to know where there's one Jew in this town. And the rabbi became very excited, and she said, and not only that, you don't have to go anywhere because he's right here. And she calls to the back of the kitchen, Sam, come out here. There's somebody who wants to see you. And this guy comes out of the kitchen and he sees the rabbi and he almost faints on the spot. He's dizzy and has to sit down and he looks at him and he speaks to the rabbi in Yiddish and he says, Rabbi, what are you doing here? How did you find me? And so Rabbi Weinberg, he hands Sam the box of matzah. And he says, this is from a Jew in Brooklyn, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was thinking of you and wanted you to have this matzah for the Seder. So Sam, he starts crying. And he's so emotional he can barely speak. And he says, Rabbi, let me tell you what's going on here. 
He said, I survived the war. I survived the Holocaust. And my family was wiped out. And I was all alone in the world. And I said, you know what? I want nothing to do with the cruel God. Not only am I never going to daven again or believe in God again, I'm going to move to some place in the world where there aren't even any Jews. I just want to be left alone. And so I did my research and I found this town. And I've been here for over 10 years now. And I never met another Jew in all the years I've been here. But you know what, Rabbi? Being all by myself, it's lonely and it's torture. And there's a beautiful church in this town. And the people there are such kind people. And I said to God, you know, if you really exist, you send me a sign that someone cares about me, that there's a rabbi somewhere who cares about me. And I'll give you 30 days, God. And if you don't send me a sign, I'm becoming a Christian and I'm done with you. Sam looked at Rabbi Weinberg and he said, Rabbi, today is the last day. Today is 30 days. And it's a few hours until sunset. And I was ready really to give everything up. And here you are with a box of matzah from a rabbi in Brooklyn that somehow knew how to find me. And Sam said, now I have no doubt at all that there really is a God and that God cares about me. I'm so happy and grateful to you, my listeners. Thank you for listening. And I really want to thank one of the new supporters of this podcast, the Miller family. I'm not sure where they're living now, but formerly of Jerusalem and their wonderful, sweet children who are forced to learn English by listening to the Hasidic Story Project. And also to my friend, Yitzchak Meyer. Thank you for listening. And of course, to my children, Eliana and Levi Yitzchak, and my mother, and the whole Jewish world, and even our dear friend in India. Thank you so much for listening, my sweetest friends. And thank you all for your support and your kind words. Wherever you're listening, please make sure to leave me some feedback, because I love to hear from you. You can send me a message on Facebook, or write me to my email, myname at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Zai gesund.